What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Blind piano player, wrestler, long-distance runner, and a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions across the U.S. are here to tell their story of their unique and incredible journey together. Welcome to the Nancy and Mike Show. Nancy and Mike will engage you with some of the most unimaginable and heartwarming stories of their extraordinary life. So please welcome your hosts, Nancy and Mike. Hi, my name is Mike Zorek. And I'm Nancy Novo. <laughs> we are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. <laughs> I almost went blank. <laughs> the phone number here, this is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And I'm going to start out with baseball today. Being that this was the All-Star break weekend, and it's also the season that I call the dumping season. Well, I have to tell everyone, Mike had a little bit of a withdrawal without baseball for a while, so he's happy it's back. Yeah, and my deal with All-Star games, and a lot of people like them, and the Home Run Derby and all that, I don't get into it. It doesn't interest me. I know. And it's it's... Just an exhibition game, and at least in the spring training exhibition game, you see players who were trying to make the ball club and stuff like that. So, but fortunately, we had good weather this week, and I was able to go out and do some things, uh, which my allergy to dry air for the most part is keeping me housebound. We live in the desert, <laughs> but anyway, uh. On the baseball front, you see uh, 35, a guy goes to the stadium. You see, well, you could vote 35 times for your favorite All-Stars. There is no such thing as an All-Star game. It's a popularity contest. Oh. And to me, I just can't get into that. And I think it's the way it's done is so... Uh, illegitimate, I'll say. 
I know you love fairness. I love fairness, and yep. that's one of my problems. <laughs> and uh, yes, I know. I see that Zabat is legitimate, and I'm going into this direction for a reason. I see this as something equivalent to my judging a modeling contest. And uh, one of the things that people think, and you see it in movies all the time, I don't know what anything looks like. And uh, you come up with this, uh, which comes from a lack of research. Uh, I remember when I was a little boy and somebody was talking about a movie and the way a blind person figured out what you look like is to touch your face. That is the biggest bunch of nonsense I ever heard of. Well, maybe if the blind person had sight at one time and then he could feel like, oh, the nose is sticking way out or the nose is sticking real short or I don't know. Yeah, but they don't say that. I know. If you're blind, you have to feel a face. It, it, it's totally not right. Uh, that would not help Mike. <laughs> I would not want to be a woman and have some <laughs> blind person come up to me and say, I want to see what you look like by touching your face. And she wouldn't know the difference. She wouldn't know that it was uh, a bunch of baloney. And uh, she might go along with it not knowing any better. Well, I'm making this clear now. <laughs> you cannot tell what somebody looks like by touching them. So uh, that's how I feel about the All-Star game. And it's been, uh, since the weather was better, I was able to go out and eat a few times and see people. And uh, it turned out to be, in spite of the fact that there was no baseball for four days, it turned out to be not too bad a week. The next thing I'm going to touch briefly on is dumping. And I know this is the third show that I mentioned it. And it, you see, Manny Machado got dumped this week. And he went to the Dodgers. Now, if I was a general manager, the Dodgers are the most ruthless, heartless team in the history of baseball to do business with. Yeah. They will take everything you got and give you nothing in return. And you think the word would get out about been, them. This has been their history and I know, I know a lot of nice people who are Dodger fans. Oh yeah, we sure do. But it is what it is. You know, I lived in Los Angeles for many years and it is what it is. And if I was a general manager of a team, there are two things I would never do. I would never trade known for unknown. That means major league players for prospects. The odds of getting any kind of return on that kind of deal are less than 10%. If you manage your money that way, you would be knocking on your neighbor's doors, begging for food, and sooner or later, they would see you coming and they would ignore you. And that you could take to the bank. 
and you'd get no return on it. <laughs> so uh, here's the deal. And I came up with a list of some free agents that are going to be available. One thing, Manny Machado was the best free agent out there. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Now, if he has no market value, which the Dodgers got him for nothing, yeah. if he has no market value, if you got a free agent out there, you better hang on to him, even if you don't feel that you could sign him. Because if you don't, if Machado's not worth anything, then I don't care if it's Bryce Harper or Zach Britton or any of these other guys. They're worth nothing on this market today. Oh, I see. So, but if Oops. you want to shout out loud and clear that I'm tanking, then you could get rid of these guys. But you know now, with Machado being off the boards, that none of your free agents have any market value. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with free agency, and I came compiled a list of East Coast teams because this is coming from New York. I'll start with the Yankees. Uh, people say, well, maybe they should sign Bryce Harper. No, I don't think so. Their outfield is good enough. Right. I'll tell you the guy they should be all out after on the shopping list this winter. Yeah, It's who? Dallas Keuchel from Houston. Oh. This accomplishes two things. The second best, te two best teams in baseball are the Yankees and Houston Astros. Yep. So you're weakening the opposition, which is Houston. You're strength strengthening yourself. And I will finish this. Uh, this is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And uh, we will be right back. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. A breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. To purchase your copy, visit www.lindagenazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of 
of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Hi, this is Mike Zarek. And Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike show. And uh, the phone number here is 866-451-1451. I know I'm finishing off with the baseball deal here. But you can call us. You don't have to talk about baseball. You can talk about anything. <laughs> anything. And like I said last week, if we don't know what you're talking about, we'll tell you. <laughs> so anyway, I was talking about the Yankees signing Dallas Keuchel. Right. A left-handed pitcher from Houston. Well, is Dallas as mean as the Dodgers? Do they trade or do they just steal? Who? Houston? Yeah. Uh, I, no one's as mean as the Dodgers, but, oh, okay. but Houston is up there. Uh, but if a guy is a free agent. Oh, then he's going. Anyway. He's, he could be signed by somebody else. Okay. And uh, unless the team wants to outbid him, if Houston outbids the Yankees, I don't see that happening. Right. Okay. So. Uh, the other part of the equation is this. The Yankees Competition is Houston and Boston. Well, Boston is dreadful against left-handed pitching. So you weaken one of your competitors by taking one of their pitchers. And if that were to happen, uh, Houston would put Colin McHugh in the starting rotation and they would sign... uh, Zach Britton is a free agent. So they would still be very good. Oh, okay. And the Yankees, we don't know what's <laughs> happening with Sabathia, how much longer he can go. Yeah. And the Yankees need a starting pitcher anyway. They do. The Red Sox, what should they do? Two guys. Number one, Brian Dozier, second base. The Red Sox need a second baseman. I don't know about Pedroia. I I love I him as a player. Me too. I really like and him. And I like the fact that he spent his whole career in Boston. Me too. But he's too injury prone. I don't know how much time he's got left on the clock. Aww. So Brian Dozier is the guy, one guy. Uh-huh. The other guy is Nelson Cruz, who's a free agent from Seattle. Nelson Cruz, as a... Uh, Opposition goes. It's the best hitter in Fenway Park that I could possibly think of. I don't know anybody from an opposing team Uh who hits better in Fenway Park than Nelson Cruz. If you do this, then you're going to have to put Martinez in the outfield with, uh, and what would happen with, uh, Jackie Bradley, and I know a lot of Red Sox fans aren't satisfied with him because he can't hit. But the best role for him would be 
to put him in the outfield in the late innings for defensive purposes. Yeah, he's If you're ahead good. by a couple runs. Yeah. Nobody's better defensively than him. Wow. So if you got uh, Benatendi would move to center field, Martinez would be in left field, and you would have Dozier play second base. And that would also help the Red Sox to be better against left-handed pitching. The last team I'm going to talk about is the Mets. Yeah, they were pretty good last night. The Mets should do this. They should hang on to their starting rotation. Uh It's hard to find starting pitching, and the Mets have it. Good. Uh, What the Mets do need their fourth place guy is hitting 189. I don't ever uh. recall anything worse than that. And I believe the Mets need an overhaul of their infield. Yes. When uh, watching the game last night. The ball goes over there. And the ball out. goes to one of their infielders. It's an adventure. You don't know if the guy's going to drop it. You don't know if I he's going to throw it accurately. If I'm a pitcher... And the ball went past me, I would be scared to death. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it was fun watching the game with you, though. <laughs> That's what I would do as a, as a Met. Some of the other deals is this. I believe that, logically, Bryce Harper should sign with the Angels. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to end up signing with the Dodgers. You figure this. Under the... F- present system, the Dodgers are a cinch to win their division every year. And who would not want that guarantee of going to the playoffs every year? You get that from yeah, LA. It's true. So I think Harper will sign with the Dodgers, but I think the most logical spot for him would be Anaheim. And uh, so that's as far as I'm going to go with baseball today. Um, that's interesting, Mike. I'm doing this because we are in uh, the 15th week. Uh, after tomorrow, there'll be 10 weeks to go. And uh, during this tread, trade deadline, uh, baseball is in front of the, uh, the, the talk situation. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm going to get into my life now. But I want to know from Nancy what she was planning to do. I left us last week after I graduated high school. Right. So I'm interested in what Nancy's plans were after she graduated. Well, I was working part-time before I graduated with my dad in the art department at Embossograph. We did uh, point-of-purchase displays, which is like displays at grocery stores or bars, things that uh, we would do airbrush and make sample displays, and then the factory downstairs would make the display on, you know, a factory for tons of grocery stores. So I was having fun. I enjoyed doing artwork, and I was the only girl in the art department, so that was always fun. But I also was interested in acting. And one of the artists said, well, you know, you're doing theater, neighborhood theater, and you're doing, oh, one time I did an all-night shooting of a TV show. I 
didn't really have a big part, but, uh, oh, this is kind of fun. I was dressed like a nurse, and this other actor was dressed like a policeman, and we had a break. We were uh, shooting right across the street at uh, a big hospital. So we went into the restaurant, and they let us have our food free. I thought, whoa, I guess because he was dressed like a policeman, but that was kind of fun. And I, I was doing acting here and there, and one of one of the uh, artists said, I think you should concentrate more on acting. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a short break, and stay tuned. This is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Mike Zarek. We'll be back. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted, and every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, no, there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca. 819-360-3266. Now is your time. Hi. My name is Mike Zarek. And I'm Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike show. <laughs> the phone number is 866-451-1451. And Nancy's back to finish her story. Well, I got a wonderful part in a play called My Sweet Charlie. So I was still working as a commercial artist with my dad, and I did this great play. It's a two-people play. Felton Perry played this black no northern lawyer, and he came down to go into the marches. This was in the 60s. So we, um, I think around 64, 1964. So we, we had a wonderful Rapport. It was a great play and got wonderful reviews. My Sweet Charlie. And 
I really thought this was great. This one night we did everything right and backstage we just hugged each other and we got standing ovation. It's just clicked. And I thought, well, this could be it. Maybe this is what I should do instead of art. So I did work as an actress for a while and it's hard. It's hard to get jobs. But I got one movie, uh, this is one of the silly ones, but uh, Herschel Lewis, I got a low, low, low budget movie, She Devils on Wheels, and just <laughs> for the hell of it, and I was living in Chicago, so an opportunity to go down to Miami, I definitely chose that, and I had a lot of fun. It was great. It was in the winter time. Yes, of course. And I got to drive a little Honda 50, which was fun. I didn't even have a driver's license. But, well, that was about it, Mike. You can uh, take over. Where where were you? Uh, How about the story about the alligator? Oh, oh yeah. Mike likes this story. So in the, the She Devils on Wheels, they wanted to initiate me because I was the youngest and teeniest. So uh, they let me win the race. And then to the initiation, they poured a bunch of junk all over me, Ugh, mud and everything. And I was in my underwear, so it was a mess. And nobody wanted to drive me back to the motel because I'm a sticky mess. So someone said, well, there's a swamp watery area. Why don't you go over there and kind of rinse off before we drive you home? And then someone said, no, I saw an alligator over there. <laughs> so they wrapped me in some towels and rags and drove me home. So that's one of my wild stories from She Devils on Wheels. Okay, Mike. Well, Nancy had plans when she graduated from high school. But I graduated when I was 20. She graduated at the age of 17. <laughs> and uh, I was in no man's land. I know. I mentioned last week. That's where you left us, That huh? I had an offer to be an assistant wrestling coach at my old high school. And it ended up that if I was going to move to California, I couldn't wrestle unless I was either 21 oh. or uh, a resident of the state. Which you weren't. So I was neither one. I was 20 and I wasn't a resident of the state. So I figured, well, the best thing to do is really get myself in shape and take the year off. And this job was offered to me and I... Didn't want to do it for some reason. Uh, I thought, if, well, if I had just done it for a year or two, it would have been a good part of my resume and then go to college after that. As it turned out, the school disbanded after two more years. So I could have done the job until the school disbanded. And then it would have been on my resume that I quit because the job ended, yeah. not because I was fired or anything. And the other deal was what? they had a the Perkins School for the Blind, which was 100 miles from where my parents lived. And at that time, they were teaching a piano tuning course. That's a very famous school. And that's, uh, yeah, that's where uh, uh, Helen Keller went. And... Uh, 
anyway, I thought about that going there for that piano tuning course. Yeah, that would have been a good job. Because I'm a concert pianist for one thing. I have perfect pitch. And doing the job as a piano tuner would not interfere with any of my tournaments. If I had a tournament, I could schedule people around my tournaments. And I thought about it, and I never acted on that thought. And to this day, (sighs) I don't know why I didn't act on that thought. Uh, Now, that no longer exists. The only place in the world where a blind person could learn how to tune pianos is in Seattle, Washington. And they have a very in-depth course where uh, it's a two-year course. Very thorough. And it's very thorough. And they teach you not only how to tune a piano, but how to uh, build a piano and how to take it apart. It's very, uh, very much in-depth. But I'm not sure that I want to move to Seattle Uh I just, the weather, not not so much the weather, but I understand it's expensive to live there. And uh, I know that I have to move because I'm allergic to dry air. And we're out in the middle of the desert. And although we had good weather last week, I was able to go out. Next week, I'm going to be pretty much housebound. Our old, dry, lousy weather is returning. And... An interesting thing came up last week that I want to mention. And it shows me how nice Nancy is. This coming Tuesday is Nancy's birthday, July 24th. And the original plan was for her to go to this fish and chips place that she likes. And, uh... So, because the temperature is going to be 118 degrees with no humidity, she decided to go to a fast food place, New Jersey Mike's, which I love that place, go out with a friend, bring the friend home with her, and then I don't have to go out in the dry air. So, it just shows you how nice Nancy is and I wanted to mention that and and, uh, so hopefully it'll turn out where she has a happy birthday and thank you Mike we will go to the fish place in November when the weather gets better yep but anyway uh, we are coming to a break here this is Mike Zorick this is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio And we will be right back. This is Mike Zorick. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C., Ms. Pillard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. 
Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Dupula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. Hi, my name is Mike Zarek. And I'm Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM, Global Network, and TuneIn Radio. Yep. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. Uh, The phone number is 866-451-1451. And I left off with the uh, fact that for whatever reason, I didn't even investigate the piano tuning situation. And I was thinking, well, if I go to Perkins, I'm still 20 years old. I could wrestle till I'm 21. Right. Maybe I could take a few subjects and wrestle for them. Yep. And, uh, but I never followed up on it. I thought about it and I just never did anything about it. I just sat on my hands. I just started to, wow. Uh, work out I was already in good shape as I mentioned on the day I graduated high school I did 31 chin-ups 200 push-ups 500 sit-ups and I ran six miles before my graduation ceremony that night so I was already in pretty good shape but I wanted to get better was I was taking the year off to uh, go to college Right. And I didn't have any homework distractions or anything. So I really took off with my exercise. And I went to the old high school wrestling practice. And in January 68, I took a trip to California because I knew I had to go to junior college. Now, there were two possibilities that I could go to. One was Los Angeles City College, which was close to the Braille Institute. And I was going to live with my Uncle Steve. And the other one was Santa Monica City College, which was close to where Steve lived. So how am I going to figure out which college to go to? Well, how did you do it? Well, the answer was very simple. What? Uh, Go to wrestling practice. Oh, so, so checked him out by wrestling with I them. went to Los Angeles City College first. Right. And I wanted to see who or what they had in the 115-pound class. 
Oh. And uh, to see what my yeah. prospects were Competition. of making the varsity team the following year. And I really wouldn't know that because I wouldn't know what freshmen were coming yeah, in besides but myself. Yeah, get an idea. But at least it would give me an idea who was there. Well, I wrestled this guy, and I handled him very easily. I I was able to do anything I wanted with him. Well, so I never went to Santa Monica. You just figured I this just is figured the place. This is the right place to go. I get it. It's further away from. Uh, it's going to be more time on the road where my uncle picks me up and drives me home. But that was the place I chose, and I stayed out there for a month. I worked out with the UCLA team because I was thinking of transferring there after two years of Right, college. later on. Now, UCLA had the Olympic champion in my weight class, Sergio oh. Gonzalez. Oh, wow. And uh, so I wasn't sure if that was the right place for me to go. But uh, anyway, 1968 progressed, and I came home from California and it was a successful trip, and I really liked it. It was nice weather. When I left, it was like 10 below zero. <gasps> and when I got to California, and during those days, they not only had nonstop flights, they fed you. You can't get any of that stuff today. They those don't were feed the you, days. and there are no nonstop flights. I know. You're lucky if you can get a nonstop flight from L.A. to San Francisco. So, I mean... The airlines have turned into an um, absolute <laughs> disaster. So anyway, the year 68 progressed and I went through the wrestling season. I could have been getting paid to coach, but I didn't accept the job because I was there at practice. And uh, it was coming up to my 21st birthday. And a couple of interesting things happened during that time period. Uh, I had a cousin, Penny, from uh, Houston, Texas. She was one of my on my mother's side of the family. Right. And she came to visit in Connecticut. And uh, she really helped me out. Nice. It was the day that. Uh, my birthday's April 3rd, so the, uh, I guess it was a Friday. I don't, I'm not sure if it was a Thursday or a Friday, but we went down to register me to vote. I was 21, and now you could vote when you're 18, but then it was 21. So they gave me this 17th century Braille to read that I couldn't make heads or tails of it. looked like a bunch of uh, the letter A and italic signs. Hmm. It had nothing whatever to do with the Braille that's out today. Oh. So I couldn't read it. So what, what did they so say? So they said, well, can you write? Oh, and no. I could write my initials, MZ. I could write that. Uh, but anyway, Penny said to the girl, she was with us, she said, Mike could type, he's a good typist. 
So oh, anyway, she saved you. She they got this typewriter out, <laughs> put me in front of the typewriter, put the p- paper in, and then it started to dictate what I should write. Uh-huh. Well, you could do that. So the girl said, every child does. So I wrote those three wor- words, and the girl stopped me. And she said, okay, you can write, and you could vote. Good. So <laughs> that was anyway. <laughs> that oh, was I- that was my ticket to be able to vote. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> anyway. That was nice of Penny. This is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Mike Zorick. Nancy Noble. We will be back shortly. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 B.C. when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 B.C. to the time that men began achieving political power around 3,000 B.C. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Hi, my name is Mike Zorick. I'm Nancy. We are coming to you live broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And, I, yeah, the last thing I was talking about was uh, getting the right to vote. And the day I got my right to vote was the day that uh, Martin Luther King was killed. Oh, I and, remember that. Uh, and, you know, that. we had, a, it was a bad year for uh, Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy and... Uh, very sad. And very sad uh, turns of events in 1968. But anyway, the next item is something that's very important for me as it relates to today. I was wondering about finding the perfect wife for me. Not that I was ready to date, but 
it was revealed to me 10 things to find the right girl. Now, these are just for me only. Right. That doesn't mean everybody should look for these 10 <laughs> no, it, it qualifications. No, it won't work for everybody. It won't work. But Is this, this was for what Mike? God wanted for me. Uh, I'm going to list them. Nancy likes me to talk about them because she made them. <laughs> I made them, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> here we go. Number one, available. Now, you think available means you're not dating anyone. Well, that's only part of it. If she's not dating anyone and she has no interest in me, then for all intents and purposes, she's not available. I don't care if she hadn't had a date in 10 years. So, Well, Mike knew totally. I was totally honest with him. And he knew my boyfriends, who they were. And by the time I was ready for Mike, that's when I wasn't dating anyone else. So number two is team play. And team play means both people contribute to their relationship. During those days, girls were not calling guys. Well, if you don't call me on the phone, you're not going to get a relationship. It's plain and simple. That's the, that was one of my part of team play. It has to be like a relay race. Uh-huh. And uh, so maybe that's why I wasn't getting many dates. But I didn't care. I had my wrestling to be concerned so uh, if uh, I'm going to date anyone, it's going to be somebody who wanted to make these 10 things. Otherwise, I don't need to have any dates. Right. Uh, number three was honesty, good morals, love of truth with a capital T, meaning Christian. Right. Uh, number four was uh, dating intelligence. Well, I had dating Intelligence. And one of one of the things that I look for in terms of qualities is uh, if a girl came along and she had various qualities, whatever they were, and the question I would always ask myself, can I live with such and such a quality? Is this something that I could live with? Uh, if I can't live with it, then she's going to have to change on that given quality or I can't consider her. I understand. So, and one of the things that makes you know, can I live with this or can I not live with this, is knowing yourself. And I definitely knew myself. Number five, no animals or kids. That was my hardest. That was... Okay, first of all, I'm allergic to animals. Right. Second of all, uh, my life was too busy. I didn't have time to take care of kids. And, you know, I was running races. I was uh, wrestling. Uh, I was going different places. And I didn't have time for it. And something you couldn't, if you were to pay me all the money in the world, I would not go through those first five years. You couldn't pay me enough to do it. The the baby stage. I just wouldn't. I 
have no interest in it. I wouldn't do it for all the money in the world. Uh, number six, uh, good personality. Well, remember I mentioned earlier that I wanted somebody who would be uh, dating according to Bible uh, male and female relationships. Right. Well, that comes under personality. Uh, number seven, uh, must be a good runner or be able to ride a bike. I was a long-distance <laughs> runner. I couldn't run by myself. Right. So, well, when we started our friendship, I did take Mike running, and I wasn't a runner, so I rode the bike. So I would, she would go six to ten miles while I ran. She would ride the bike, and uh, uh, I didn't know if I was going to end up with an actual long-distance runner or somebody who rode the bike. But anyway, that was number seven. Number eight, well, faithful, that's pretty obvious. Uh, number nine, non-drinker, non-smoker. Well, here's the deal. I will not pay for alcoholic drinks. I will not buy them. Uh, I, I feel that from a religious standpoint that it's not morally right to drink or smoke. And the book of Romans says, if you believe that it's a sin, then don't do it. Right. So if you don't want to have that problem of who's going to pay for the glass of wine and all that, you find somebody that doesn't drink. Okay. And the last thing was must be able to drive a car. <laughs> and remember this. These are... Mike Zorick's thing. Right. So anybody who says, oh, I'm eight and two, and you get all upset with me because nah. you can't make Just up. for Mike. <laughs> just forget about it. Yeah, just forget about it. Not compare. It's just it works for us. Don't compare. I'm not available, so it doesn't matter <laughs> if you can make it or not. So. <laughs> Hey, anyway. Those uh, were good, and I'm glad I made them. Made them. <laughs> this is Mike Zorick. Nancy this is Noble. BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and we'll be right back. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Chef Ouvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ouvmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoub.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. 
There are artists and then there's Alice Asmar. This award-winning artist has spent her entire life devoted to her artistic pursuits and has had a lifelong fascination with American Indians of the southwestern United States. Her book, Dance to the Great Spirit, showcases her drawings and paintings inspired by sacred rituals of the Pueblo Indians, and four of her lithographs are in permanent collection at the National Museum of American History and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. She is one of four artists in the United States to win a Woolley Fellowship for study in Paris at L'École des Beaux-Arts and has been featured in numerous publications. She's exhibited at the world's most prestigious museums and galleries and recently won a 20-year service award from the Burbank City Council and the inaugural art competition of the Foundation of the United States in Paris. Visit www.asmarart.com, www.aliceasmarinternational.com, and email alice at aliceasmar at aol.com. Hi, this is Mike Zorek. And Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And uh, Nancy is going to tell you about our website. Yes, uh, this website is www.nancy and, spelled out A-N-D, Mike Z, and it's all lowercase, dot com. And on this website, you can hear Mike talking and see him sitting on our sofa and also you could see my paintings some of my paintings are there and you could also order Mike's book it's called Making Weight it's a great book and I I like this one story Mike where you were at the school for the blind and this one mean teacher remember that story I like that story yeah, I do remember that story. It was May of 1956. Isn't it? Have amazing memory. I was nine years old. <laughs> and uh, Bet you were little. It was after lunch. Oh, I was teeny weeny, <laughs> probably in the 40s, if I weighed that much. Right. But anyway, uh, we had from 110 to 310, uh, where we had class and no breaks. The teacher didn't want you to go to the bathroom. So the house mother in charge said, okay, every kid try to go to the bathroom. Right. Well, I tried to go. I could not go. And anyway, the house mother barged into the boy's stall. I had my my pants down by my ankles. Boy. And uh, she was pushing me towards the back of the toilet. Uh, and I was almost small enough to fit in a toilet. Uh, <laughs> that's horrible. So I was afraid that I might fall in. What a bully. So anyhow, uh, during the course of this... Uh, She's banging you against the she back? She was banging me against the back of the... <laughs> toilet and uh what uh of course i mentioned earlier that i was taught never to start a fight and never let the opposition finish it well i'm nine years old and i probably weigh about 43 pounds if i'm lucky and this grown woman is 
trying to push me around. So anyway. What'd you do? I somehow slid out from under her. And we were we were facing the bathroom door. Right. Both of us. Okay, got it. Okay. So I turned around and we were facing each other. And I pushed her backwards. Onto the toilet. Onto the toilet seat. Uh-huh. And I scissored her legs. She was sitting straight down. And you got her knees pushed together. And I together. got her knees pushed together. She would have had to do, because I was so teeny, I was so light, all she would have had to do was push me backwards. Uh-huh. So what happened? But she didn't do anything. And I grabbed her by the shoulders, and I started pounding her against the back of the <laughs> toilet, and I said, how do you like it? Yeah. How does it feel? <laughs> and what I eventually did, while she was still sitting there, <laughs> I flushed the toilet. Love it. And the water came up, <laughs> and she's still sitting there, not pushing me away, <laughs> and her dress got soaking wet. And after that incident, I pulled my pants up, walked out of the stall, and I left her there. And somebody said, are you all right, Mrs. Fisher? And uh, anyway, the moral of the story is she couldn't say anything to anybody no. because she had no business being in the boy's stall. So that's the story you want. You can see why I like it. <laughs> anyway. Well, thanks for this listening is BBM today. Global Network. This is show number nine. Thank you for listening. Yes. And we will be back. Uh, this is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Mike Zarek signing off. We'll see you later. This has been the Nancy and Mike Show. Tune in each week and become part of the conversation of the amazing journey of Nancy and Mike. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. 